your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 314 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Well, we're reporting with heavy hearts after the Ottawa Senators concluded their 2021 season. But why not at least send us out on a high note with a victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs. It took nine seconds of overtime, but Josh Norris puts it to bed with good dreams ahead and hope of what's to come in a full 82-game season next fall. 134 days if you're counting at home until next year's training camp. We're going to recap the final game of this regular season, including Parker Kelly's first NHL goal and a whole lot more from that. We also have the rosters finalized for the World Championships and unfortunate news. It seems like some paperwork is holding us from seeing our prize fifth overall pick for Team USA. We've got all that and we're going to get Pilsy's number one takeaway from this Senators season. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Thursday, May 13th, and Pilsy, even when the stakes aren't as high as maybe they typically are, there's nothing better than beating the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh yeah, what a way to cap off this season. You finished the same way you started, Ross. A win up against the Maple Leafs to kick off the season and to put a bow on it, an OT winner up against those same Leafs. And not only that, but the dialect here in Toronto, no doubt will be, is Freddie Anderson the guy to bring the Leafs through the playoffs? He was brutal again last night, and I'm just stoked that it's the Ottawa Senators planning that seed of doubt. At one point, it was three goals on 18 shots. He had, they end up scoring four on 28, and that OT winner right through him. Before we get to that, oh, this is the final game we're going to recap for a little while, at least at the NHL level. Belleville with five games left. We're still your daily home for all things Ottawa Senators, five days a week. But in a 0-0 game with pretty good pace throughout the first period, Nikita Zaitsev opens the scoring. That's his spot now. We've officially, we've got Brady Kachuk's office right in front of the net, but that right side, wow, what an absolute bomb. You love to see it up against this former team, and hey, NHL uh, coaches and goalies, now they got to be worried. Before, you're just like, as long as there's a goalie in the net, Nikita Zaitsev isn't going to be a problem. Now, look out, he's scoring on actual goalies, and that was an incredible shot 
I want to give a quick shout out to Shane Pinto for making that play happen up along the boards. He chops it over to Zaitsev and it's too bad he can't give assists for great plays out front because Nick Paul should have been awarded an assist. That was a textbook screen. Freddie Anderson couldn't see a single thing between Paul and I forget who the defenseman for the Leafs was in front, but those two guys completely blocking him. Zaitsev gets that shot off quickly and it goes off the post and in a beautiful sound and yeah, anytime you can see former Leafs beat up on their old team that's something you love to see as Sens fans well that trend continued it was Jake Muzzin that tied the game six minutes into the second period on a power play and we don't talk about the refs but they were calling absolutely everything for both sides it wasn't uneven but in a game like that especially when the the rivalry games just let them play a little bit more like I don't know it's just not really my cup of tea and the slashing penalty seemed weakest to me a Ross like I know they're trying to protect the hands but like The little taps where as a guy's just going by, it doesn't affect the play. Like, I think that's gone a little bit too far. But I bet Mark Mathot would uh, have something else to say there. Or even Brady Kachuk just going off for a line change. It's not his fault that Marner's trying to take the closest way to his bench and cuts him off. So, of course, he's going to give him a little shove. If that's anywhere outside of a door open right at the gate, it's not even a thought. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. I'll take that penalty 10 times out of 10 just to watch that image of Lil Mitchie just wandering about and Brady's just like, get out of my way. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, like just flicking a little bug out of his way he's annoyed of. So I I have no problems with that penalty at all because I absolutely despise Mitch Marner. So Jake Muzzin's power play goal, it's only the Leafs' eight power play goal in their last 31 games so good luck with that going into the postseason meanwhile Ottawa's penalty kill they were four for five last night including I don't want to surprise you at all with this but Connor Brown shorthanded assisted by Nikita Zaitsev again so that is just the ultimate troll goal yeah for sure and like I remember when that trade happened the Leafs fans were so ecstatic about it and Sens fans we were like thanks for Connor Brown and we'll we'll see what we can do with Nikita Zaitsev and now it's looking great because uh those two guys put the Sens up to nothing and again like Morgan Riley has not looked impressive to me lately that's another play where he just gets beat by Connor Brown he out hustled in the neutral zone and then Brown takes it on a breakaway of course he doesn't score on the breakaway as he's known for but what he is known for is sticking with that play he sticks with it and you talked about Freddie Anderson having a tough night when the puck is under your legs like that the last thing you do is spin uncontrollably outside (laughs) of your crease like I don't I don't know what's going on there. Maybe Zach Burke can have a talk with him because he needs a lesson there for sure. That that was just such a mind-blowing move for me to just spin over and over until the puck comes loose. And then Austin Matthews tries to play goalie, gets in the way, and Connor Brown just knocks it in between both of them. Love it. His fifth shorthanded goal of the season leads the entire league. Oh, great for Connor Brown. And it's awesome that he's going to get a chance to represent his country. We're going to get into some world championship talk a little bit later. But you mentioned Morgan Riley. He and Mitch Marner both minus three in last night's game. Austin Matthews dash two as well. So at that point, it's 2-1 Ottawa, and it didn't take long after that. Exactly three minutes and five seconds later, Parker Kelly, his first National Hockey League goal, and Freddie Anderson tried to rob him of the moment, pretending like he stopped it. No chance. Overhead goal clearly shows that's in, and that was the cherry on top of what I thought was seven and a half minutes of pestering hockey from Parker Kelly. 
we love Parker Kelly. I think it's been made pretty clear on the show how we feel about him. I think DJ Smith made it pretty clear how he feels about him too. But I I love this play. Let's let's walk through this because Parker Kelly gets absolutely dumped in the corner. We talk about Morgan. Yeah, exactly. We talk about Morgan Riley. He was tough. I think that was him that laid that hit, right? Yeah, he was going to get a penalty. It was a delayed call. Yeah, exactly. So that's a tough play as a rookie, just getting dumped in the corner like that, even though we know it was a cheap play. But he doesn't just stay on the ground and whine and look around for the refs. Like, okay, which ref is calling a penalty? That's a penalty, right? Not fair. He gets up, gets back to the front of the net. Eric Brandstrom's shot gets deflected, hits off the boards. And what I love about Parker Kelly, he's not a finesse guy. I got the puck on my stick. The goalie's not in position. I'm just firing it on net and hoping for the best. And he knew that goal went in. There wasn't a doubt in his mind. So I love to see that. And the he kind of celebrates a little bit, but no one else is celebrating this and the game's still going on. So he kind of hesitates. And then he knows and he's like, come on, guys, like, let's give it up. I got that goal. Let's go. And this is my favorite part of Parker Kelly's night. After the game, he's asked about, well, how he felt playing his first NHL game. He goes, this is exact quote. I was just trying to play my game. That's just another group of guys who don't like me. That's my job to get guys barking back at me. There were some big names over there that didn't like me, and that's what I have to do. You saw one, he finishes his check on Jake Muzzin, and they're going up the ice together. Muzzin's like, who is this kid? Well, he's about to turn 22 in about three days, and he's here to stay. It sounds like DJ Smith has him in pencil for the opening night lineup. Just loves what he brings. He was even out there killing penalties for a couple minutes last night. So to have that kind of immediate impact, and you hear the way Alex Formanton and Josh Norris, the guys who played with them last year in Belleville, talk about him. They're just so happy. He was the co-winner with Brady Kachuk uh, of the Jonathan Petro Award for the hardest worker at development camp. And that's just a testament to what he brings to the table. How good would he look on a line with Austin Watson, eh, Ross? Like, that would be such a nice fourth-line combo. And Parker Kelly can play a bit of center. So why not maybe have him play center between Formanton and Watson? Those guys would get under some skin. Oh, yeah. that That's the thing. And that line could score a couple goals, too. Like, just feed Formanton and he gets it up there. And, hey, Austin Watson, he's not a goal scorer, but he did all right for himself. And Parker Kelly... He's making himself known, too, on the score sheet. So that'd be a line I'd be pretty excited about. So welcome to the NHL, Parker Kelly. He's the sixth Sens rookie this year to score his first goal in this this campaign. Stutzla, Norris, Zub, Brandstrom, Pinto, and now Parker Kelly. So great to see that. And as our buddy Ian Mendez tweets out, the first career NHL goals for the Sens this year have come up against their rivals, right? Stutzla, Zub, and Kelly against Toronto, and Branstrom and Pinto both against Montreal. So that's just a nice added bonus to all that. Yeah, that's just awesome to see. And the rookie impact uh, clearly helped with the success against those teams as they were 10-7-2 and against those teams. So the young guys getting their first goal, that's a big boost for the rest of the team and ended up working out pretty well for them. Huge boost going into the offseason as well, but they had to work for this one. Tavares on a bang-bang play out front, made it a one-goal game into the third. And, oh, I had Sen's three-way money line as well. I ended up breaking even because the money line still hit it in overtime. But Austin Matthews, like, say what you want about him, but that guy can shoot the puck. He actually had me nervous earlier in the game too, Pilsy. He had a couple good looks that Gustafson was sharp on, but no chance for that one. A to tie it up. 
No, no chance at all. And and that's the thing. Like, I have no problem really with these Leafs goals that were scored because the Sens dominated the play for the most part. It's just there were quick mental lapses and bad luck puck bounces. And when you got a team as talented as the Leafs, like, they're going to take advantage of that if they get the opportunity. So, but they kept them wide. They allowed Gustafson to see most of the shots. And that third one that Austin Matthews got – it's not like the Ottawa Senators defenders weren't trying. Nikita Zaitsev got a piece of it. It bounced off Josh Norris's skate, and then yeah. Matthews was in the right place at the right time. So I don't put any blame on anyone for those last two goals that the Leafs were able to score. Yeah, fair enough, and you just have to respect the shot at the same time. Now, the Sens only won 43% of their faceoffs. That's got to be something that the centermen have to work on in the offseason is being more consistent. Even though Norris lost the one in overtime, Mitch Marner, I think, forgot what jersey he was wearing. Great to see the Sens' regular season end on a soft play from your buddy Mitch Marner. There's nothing I like better than dancing on the grave of Mitch Marner. And that I, I don't understand that play at all. I mean, yeah, like you said, Norris loses that faceoff. So the Leafs have the puck off possession, which is so massive in three-on-three overtime. So right away you're thinking, oh, man, the Leafs could do some big damage here. And then Mitch Marner with a backhand backwards pass off the boards trying to get his to, to his defenseman, Morgan Riley, when Brady Kachuk is the guy skating beside you. That's just a boneheaded play, a weak play because he's too scared to hold on to that puck and take a hit let's be honest that's what that is right there and Brady steals it from him a two-on-one ensues and if you get a two-on-one in OT final game of the year biggest rival and two best friends are coming down the ice you better believe they're gonna have something cooked up and again Morgan Riley not a great play he gets outweighted by Brady Brady slides it right under him and Josh Norris quick play Anderson gets a piece of it but not enough And that's all she wrote. The Ottawa Senators start the season with a win over the Toronto Maple Leafs and end the season the same way. 4-3 the final score in overtime. Ottawa finishes their record with 23 wins, 28 losses, and 5 OT losses. But more importantly, 10-3-1 since the trade deadline. That is earning wealth. Now, you can earn your wealth as well if you invest with Wealthfront. Now, Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diverse, low-cost index funds personalized for you in just minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower your taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax-loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W E A T H F R O N T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. All right, Pilsy. So the Sens cleaning out their lockers this morning. Lots of media availabilities. Brady Kachuk mentioning that he's not worried about a contract going in 
to next season. Are you likewise or are you a little worried here that uh, the longer it drags out? No, I'm not worried. I think like Brady is just so invested in this team, I think emotionally that I don't think there's any chance that there's going to be some sort of long drawn out process here or we're going to be nervous. Maybe it's not the term that Sens fans want. I mean, I think every Sens fan is just like eight years, eight years, eight years and uh, blank check. Who cares? But I think Brady's got a little bit of a different approach. I can see him doing something similar to what Matthew did, a shorter deal to see kind of how the COVID stuff plays out. Will the cap go up? All that kind of stuff. But as far as is he going to be signed and ready to go for training camp next season, not worried at all. How about with Drake? Same thing? Same thing, but I think I'll change my theory on how that deal is going to turn out. I think if, if I'm Drake Batherson – you know, you're you're probably not in the range where you're worried about uh, the cap going up and TV deal. Like, you just want to get a deal done for long term. If I'm Drake, I just do a six-year deal at whatever you think is a fair amount and don't worry about where the cap's going and all that because th- this is a guy, like, he can – he can ride the coattails of Brady, Stutzla, Norris and have an amazing career if he's put in the right spot. So this is a home for Drake for sure. Those two are the most important contracts to be done this offseason. We made a, a little checklist at Send Central on Twitter. You can follow us there or on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. And please subscribe to the podcast. We'll be with you again five days a week, Monday through Friday, through free agency. Now, that's last on this checklist, but Pilsy. Right now, here's what I have, and let me know if you have anything to add. Sign the RFAs, Brady, Drake, Zub, Mete, and Gus, which, by the way, we should mention Elliot Friedman on headlines last night mentioned that Mete and Zub, their contracts are in negotiations right now, and there's optimism that they'll get done. Neither really have that much leverage, but it'll be very interesting to see the term with both of those guys, both who really impressed this season. I also have Gus there as an RFA needs. They need to make a decision on Logan Brown. I'll get your opinion on Logan Brown after I roll through this. June 2nd is the NHL draft lottery. The Senators odds not cemented yet because Calgary and Vancouver still have some shuffling to do in their makeup games. The Seattle expansion draft will be on July 21st, two days before the NHL draft on July 23rd and 24th. And then four days later, it's free agency. So, Plenty of intrigue through this offseason, but let's pick up on that second note, Pilsy. Logan Brown played about nine minutes last night, had a great pass that already almost buried, which would have been a great send-off for him. But what was your overall impression on Logan Brown's performance? Yeah, Artie's been too busy working on his butterfly, not his shot, so I think <laughs> that's why he missed that there. He's a little bit rusty, but as far as Logan Brown goes... I'll, I'll say it off the top. I was very, I had a lot of excitement. I had a lot of optimism about Logan Brown coming into the NHL for his first game this season. And I was disappointed. Uh, I think, like you said, that was probably his best play. He had one play where he was in his own end. He starts carrying it up the ice. I think it was on the power play too, actually. He was part of the second power play unit. And I was like, okay, he's got some nice speed here. He's weaving through the zone all right. And then he got to the blue line. It got poked away. And I was like, okay, let's see how he recovers. That's okay. It's not easy to break into the zone when they're just clogging up the neutral zone. And then he went all the way back to his own end and lost the puck. And the Leafs had possession in the O zone while they were killing a penalty and that kind of told the story of Logan Brown's night. Just there's no like intensity. Like he's got such a big frame. He's got such good vision, vision, but it just seems like he's kind of nonchalant out there. Like he's just like, Oh yeah, I'm in the NHL. 
this is this is kind of cool. Like, it, like look at Parker Kelly. Parker Kelly's bouncing around like a water bug out there, playing his heart off, heart off. And Logan Brown's just hanging out. I don't know. I I wasn't too impressed. No, there was one play where he could have finished the check, and he just peeled off the second the puck was gone. There was the the breakout, which it started great. I think it was on a power play. He got some PP time, and he was breaking out from his own zone, dipsy doodled around, got into the zone. And then ended up giving the puck away briefly, chased it down, and then he tried to like put it between his feet to like kick it back to himself, and he turned it over to Nick Felino on that play. He also almost caused guys to go offside twice, uh, where they had to like pull back and like drag a foot because he tried to do like one extra move at the blue line. If you're asking me who impressed me more last night between Kelly and Logan Brown, the goal aside, it's Parker Kelly. He had four hits. He was he was finishing all his checks and played a bit more responsible than Logan Brown. Look, I, we're not trashing Logan Brown. The injuries obviously have played a role over the years. I just, I'm at the end of my wick. I want him to succeed so badly. I just, I don't know if it's going to be here, especially with the style of team that DJ Smith wants to play. Guys like Kelly and there's more like Castellich is coming and, and Reinhardt, guys who grind it out every single shift. Those are the guys under DJ Smith that are going to get the opportunity. And the thing too, Ross, that frustrates me the most is Logan Brown has everything set up to be a DJ Smith guy. He's a big body guy. He's got good vision. He can move the puck up the ice. Uh, like, But he just doesn't play with pace. He doesn't finish his checks. And he doesn't do what's expected of him. Like, you got a guy who's barely above six feet who's doing the things that Logan Brown should do and that DJ Smith loves. Like, it's, it's really unfortunate, but I'm with you. I hope he succeeds. I think there is a lot of talent there, but it's not working out for him in Ottawa, and he's going to need a fresh start to have any sort of chance, in my opinion. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but we'll see where that goes. Again, he's a restricted free agent right now, and that's another, another reason why Brady Kachuk will not be going to the World Championships, and Josh Norris also saying this morning that He's just exhausted. And you're seeing that more and more with the quality of these rosters. They're typically more full of top six, top four NHL guys, but everyone's so tired from all the protocols that they've been following. It's just, they want, they're exhausted, man. They want to go home to their family. So Team USA unveiled their roster. And we thought maybe Jake Sanderson could be there. Well, not maybe. Chris Peters, yeah. a well-respected voice, said 99%. Unfortunately, not on the roster. And he then furthers that it's a paperwork issue. So, so close but so far and no Ottawa Senators will be on Jack Capuano's team. That's pretty disappointing, not going to lie. And hey, shout out Chris Peters. Smart move, leaving 1% chance of it not happening. He kind of saved his ass there. But especially when it's something like, obviously we don't understand. We're not privy to the information that's going on. When it's something like paperwork that stops him from going and playing a big role, Jake Sanderson, without a doubt, would have been the number one defenseman on that roster. For comparison's sake, Christian Wallanen and Chris Weidman are both on this decor. Yeah, Team USA going for a couple former Sens instead of a current Sen, unfortunately. But, hey, why don't they give Ron Hainsey a call? That's a guy who uh, he's got plenty of miles on those skates, and uh, he can be a leader on that team because that back end is rough. Yeah, the World Championships lost a bit of my interest there with no Jake Sanderson. Ottawa will be represented by Nick Paul and Connor Brown with Canada and Artyom Zub with Russia. Nikita Zaitsev saying today again he has some injuries that he needs to heal up, so he will not be attending for Russia. But you can still bet on Canada, right? I mean, they're the favorites. They always will be, always have be. They're the hockey superpower. 
and this is an unbiased Canadian podcast, but we also love making wagers. If you were riding with us on the Sens money line last night with Bet Online, you are a winner. Now, Bet Online is the number one place that we trust here on the Locked On Podcast Network when it comes to wagering. That's because they have a great relationship with us. And, you know, it culminates in the welcome bonus that you receive. So you go to betonline.ag and make your account because you're a listener of the Locked On Senders podcast. You are entitled to 50% on your welcome bonus. So you put in $200, bingo, bango, bongo, $100 right there in your account. Put in $100, that's $50 in your purse. But you have to win it to earn it, and that's where we head over. Pillsy's pick of the week as the NHL regular season rolls to a conclusion. Well, Ross, Pillsy's parlay of the day had one hell of a night last night, and look, that's what I should have done more of this season, and I did hit on a bunch of Ottawa Senators bets for the season. That reverse puck line did me really well in the Pillsy's parlay of the day, but this time we went sends money line and the over and that overtime goal made that parlay hit and i hope you guys doubled down like i did 20 bucks to win 85 that makes up for all eight straight losses i've had before this game ross so we're back it's an even wash that's the end of the ottawa center to season so we're not going to do pillsy's parlay of the day for the rest of the regular season but when playoffs get back in action we're going to get on that because it's so hard to predict uh, what players are going to be playing for these contending teams. I got ruined on a Boston bet when half their lineup was out, so I'm not doing that again. But if you want some action on betonline.ad to play around with some of your money you just put into your account, check out their series prices. You think you know who's going to win the series? You're talking a big game? Put your money where your mouth is. You can bet on who's going to win each series coming up in the first round of the playoffs so go to betonline.ag and start making your future picks today don't sit on the sidelines anymore get into the action and don't forget the promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit it's bet online your online sports book experts and as we drive into the final segment of the show let's make our, sure our car's running smooth and if it's not we know that rockauto.com is there for us rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts to customers online, and they've been doing it for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, Quickly, see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just put locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box. That way, they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car you'll ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, Pilsy, you mentioned NHL series prices, and the North Division will be the final couple series to get underway. But we put out on Twitter yesterday at Sense Central. Well, first, we pinched our nose to avoid the stench. But Sense fans, who would you rather see advance through round one between the Maple Leafs and Canadians? Well, somebody has to do a Pilsy. Which way did you vote here? 
Initially, I had said uh, Toronto because I thought if they're going to have any success, then let it be this year. No fans, less hype, all this kind of stuff. But I, I've since changed my mind, Ross, because being able to throw in the Leafs fans that they haven't won a playoff series in, I don't I'm keep, I lost track of the years now, is something 17 that... 17 years. 17. I want to keep that going. So that I want the Montreal Canadiens to win because if they do win, I don't think they're going to make it out of the next round. So we're not worried about the Leafs or Habs having glory this season when the Senators didn't. So I'm going to go with the Montreal Canadiens for, for those reasons. I like that. And I want to be on your side here. I have a selfish reason just that I get more shifts at work if the Leafs uh, go further on in the playoffs. Um, I am weary of the fact that they actually have a good team versus Montreal is a, a fraudulent team. And you, you look at what the fallout would be, and this is where I lean halves, is that if Montreal wins this series, Bergevin probably saves his job. If Montreal wins the series, Toronto probably makes a knee-jerk reaction in the offseason, maybe splits up their core, maybe does something, you know, that hurts them down the road. So as did 85% of the 600 votes, where I guess we're riding with the Habs through round one, but how about Oilers, Jets? How, where, who do you want coming out of that series? I think Jets, just because uh, the Oilers not being able to get it done with Dreisaitl and McDavid is a fun kind of kind of thing you could throw back in Oilers fans too. Not that we have that much beef with them other than them completely destroying the Sens this season. So I'm going to go with Jets just because, yeah, you don't want to look at back of this season, Stanley Cup champions, Edmonton Oilers, and a big part of the, that reason is they beat the Sens in nine straight games. We don't want that. Oh, my girlfriend's going to kill me. Obviously, she's a Winnipeg girl. But the more I can watch Connor McDavid play hockey, the better. So I, I think I want to see Edmonton advance just for that reason alone. He's so magical when he's on the ice. So the longer that he plays, the happier I'll be. Now, the Sens season, it's over. But it had its fair share of great moments. What's the one that stands out most to you? This might be recency bias, but the Timmy Stutzla hat trick. Like, that's our guy. Third overall pick. He was a big reason why we've had a lot of success on the show when he joined us. We got a major boost, and it's it's been great to keep rolling off of that. And just he's just such a good young kid. Like, he embodies what this Sens culture is all about. He gets the hattie. And then that moment alone, could be the moment but then there's more to it with all those kids in his neighborhood throwing the hats we we talked with Andy the mastermind behind it all yesterday if you haven't listened to that I highly recommend you listen to that it's just a heartwarming story he also predicted Josh Norris would have a big game last night and he scores the OT winner not a big he, deal he DM me after the game and said hey how about that prediction so you got it Andy you got it um that's a great one Pilsy but I gotta go earlier on in the season Everything was going wrong for Ottawa towards the end of January, especially on the road. What do they do? They go into Toronto. They're down 5-1, and they make a miraculous comeback. And it ended in the most perfect way. Dadnov block shot, breakout, nice little drop feed from Shabby to create space, and then a breakaway to win it. So to me, that 5-1 comeback stands out most. But Timmy's right behind it. And a special shout-out to Matt Murray's return when he came in and solidified the crease. There was that 4 nothing shutout in Montreal, and that was the breaker of – remember he was good start, terrible start, great start, bad start, good start for 12 straight? That was the one where it was his second straight amazing start, and 
I think that really sets a tone for him going into next year too. So honorable mention to, to Matt Murray's little stretch there where I think he went three and one uh, after his return from injury, but that, that five, one game just stands out most to me. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I think we hit the top two ones because just being able, like we said, when it comes to other teams, we just want to be able to throw something in their face. When a Leafs fan is yapping away and just being super annoying, you can always throw back the, it was 5-1 because that that was one of the worst collapses ever. And we're talking about the Leafs. They're the yeah. king of worst collapses ever. And that was one of them. So that was a, that's a special moment for Sens fans to throw in the face of Leafs fans. Let us know what your favorite moments were of this season. We're going to tweet that out later today at Sens Central. Thanks so much for staying with us through this entire season. A weird, wacky one. Pilsy and I's first one doing five shows per week. Last year it was more sporadic. And then through the COVID pause and, and ultimately cancellation, we really picked up steam and we're looking to continue that through the postseason with our hashtag sends abroad that I'm going to be working on. We'll have that for you probably in tomorrow's show, of course, as the playoffs start on Saturday with Washington and Boston off the top of my head, Mike Riley's a Dano Chera, some sends abroad to watch for in that series. But we really do appreciate all the interaction on Twitter. We've been consistently top three in most social media interaction in the entire locked on network. And that just speaks to the passion of Sens fans. This is the National League. There are no off-seasons. There's just times when the players aren't playing, but there's still plenty of business to be taken care of, Pilsy. So we're really looking forward to going through that. Yeah, and this off-season, we thought last off-season was uh, crazy just because it lasted so long. Who knows when hockey's coming back? There's all this all this question marks in the air, but this season, like you rattled off those dates earlier, like it's going to be a month of just wall to wall action in the off season, which is so much fun to be a part of. And Hey Ross, speaking of that uh, off season, one of the first dates you mentioned was that draft lottery. And with the season now over for the Ottawa senators, I think it's time we start doing our tankathon spins officially to end the show. You want to start things off? Absolutely. So to recap, and we're going to keep track of this. It's going to be a little easier to keep track now. There's only one pick, right? Because with the two picks, it's like, oh, which one landed where? So we did two spins on yesterday's show. They each ended at eight overall. So Pilsy, you want to do the honors or do you want me to, to give the first spin here? You do the first one. And again, this is the unofficial sim because there are still some shuffling to be had between Calgary and Vancouver, but it's sorted by points percentage on, on tankathon.com. You can go have a spin tankathon.com backslash NHL as it spins away. And 10th overall Pilsy right now is where I have landed. The Columbus blue jackets jump four spots to number one to win the lottery. And you know what? After the season Columbus had, maybe you could say that they've earned it, but I got 10th overall. How about you? Yeah, definitely Columbus has earned that. And uh, drafting guys is one of the only ways they're going to be able to get good players there. So we'll, we'll give them that one, that's for sure. Here goes my spin. Ross, we're, we're back-to-back, same picks. Ottawa picking 10th. They do not move. And you know, I would actually be okay with this result too, Ross. Seattle gets first overall. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be so nice they can add to their, uh, their player roster after they signed their very first official player to the team yesterday. Yeah, Luke Henman, going to be a trivia answer for years to come, just like Reed Duke is for Vegas. And interesting to note that uh, Ron Francis drafted Henman when he was with Carolina. So already some familiarity playing a role there. If you're the Sens, 
and I mean, at this point, of course you want the highest draft lottery odds. You're cheering for Vancouver this week over Calgary. So put on your Canucks hat, Sens fans, because it's important. It's the difference between uh, 2% in the draft lottery. So why not try to bump it up as much as they can to get a top two pick? As we mentioned, we're going to be your home for daily Ottawa Senators content and covering the playoffs wall-to-wall here for Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.